Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Ash Merchant with Lionheart Partners. Welcome. Hi, Lee. Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Lionheart Partners. How are you serving folks? Sure. Thanks, Lee. I, Lionheart Partners is basically in the business of, of really two things, and that's uh, business advisory work and leadership development and executive coaching. So on the coaching and the leader development side, I work with um, mid to senior level executives and C-suite executives on helping them to get better, sharper, um, more effective with their teams uh, in a corporate setting. And then on the business advisory part of my business, um, I serve as a brand ambassador to a couple of different companies where I help them grow their organizations. So what's your backstory? How'd you get into this line of work? So my backstory is I spent a little over 20 years in the corporate world and uh, worked for global companies, worked for Fortune 200 company, and and really just built a traditional corporate career. Uh, Had a couple of entrepreneurial detours along the way. And then in 2018, I left the corporate world, uh, decided that I wanted to take my family and my family and I decided to take a midlife gap year where we traveled the country and lived in an RV for a year. Uh, I I was able to step out of the corporate world for that year and and really get some definition and some clarity around uh, the kind of work that I really love doing. And that was being with people and and representing great brands and, and really coaching and guiding leaders. Uh, so upon our return uh, is really when Lionheart Partners started to grow and and really take off. And, and I decided, you know what, I'm I'm OK with uh, stepping away from the corporate world, but still serving the corporate world as an entrepreneur. Now, what was that transition like for you just personally, because going from being part of a large enterprise to being kind of your own boss in this kind of manner is risky for a lot of people. And um, is not the smoothest transitions for a lot of people. Was it smooth for you? Were you able to kind of navigate the waters from going from, you know, having a, a very deep probably bench of support to kind of being on your own and the kind of building as you went? No, it's a great question, Leah. And really the, the things that I was used to in the corporate world were not only support, but also frequent collaboration with uh, a, a fair amount of people. And when you are a solopreneur or you start out on your own, it's uh, it can be very lonely feeling at time and at times. And what I found was I missed that and really uh, uh, have had to be a lot more thoughtful and intentional about creating opportunities where I'm able to collaborate with people. I'm able to uh, work with uh, groups and teams of folks to to help replicate that. Uh, of course, as an entrepreneur, there's the risk taking element to it. Uh, you're basically going from uh, some level of fixed salary or fixed guarantee of income to the roller coaster ride of of bootstrapping a company and and getting it up off the ground. So that 
certainly um, from a pure timing standpoint, when we got back from our trip, it was the summer of 19. And seven months later, we found ourselves in the middle of a global pandemic. So launching a business and growing a business in that environment certainly had its share of, uh, of ups and downs and some uncertainty there. Now, um, what does it look like when you're dealing with your executives that are part of these larger organizations? What's the temperature there? How are they feeling about what they're seeing around themselves when it comes to the chaotic navigation of these kind of, you know, probably once in a lifetime times that we've gone through over the last couple of years? You know, it's interesting. The, the vast majority of the executives that I'm speaking with right now uh, certainly have have gone through the just the strange and uncertain time that we had with regard to COVID, but even coming out of it, what has become front and center for many of my clients is this issue of retaining their best talent and continuing down the road of uh, successful uh, transition planning, succession planning, if you want to call it that, and really getting this next generation ready to to take the reins. Um, the recruiting mar- market in many industries is hot right now. Uh, I would say that there's a lot of a um, lot of folks that are backing the money truck up, and they are poaching talent, uh, and that's pretty heavy on on my executives' minds right now. And then, are they seeing kind of um, a strategy that allows them to navigate this great resignation um, trend that we're seeing in the marketplace where lots of people are just pulling the ripcord and saying, you know, okay, life's too short, you know, enough's enough here. Let me take my break. And maybe they are going on their own version of your sabbatical, uh, but they're definitely pausing. There's certainly some of that. I, I think what, what we have to be careful of is that companies don't actually lose sight of what the roots and the foundations were that actually kept people at those organizations. And, and I think it's easy to um, it's easy to throw down the card of, hey, we're going to move to 100% remote workforce or distributed workforce or the option of that. The reality is most companies are not suited for that um, 100% remote environment. And frankly, most employees uh, you know, unless you're in a field that that's the norm, um, coming to an office, being in a location, maybe it's not five days a week, but to but to go completely away from that, I, I, I don't think that our economy is uh, is going to be indicative of that. I think there are a portion of people that are going to take advantage of that in a good way. Um, but I do believe that people still enjoy coming to work. People still enjoy the just even the informal banter or perhaps collaboration that takes five minutes versus, hey, I need to go into somebody's calendar. I need to schedule a 20-minute meeting on Zoom. That just feels a, a bit sterile when it comes to relationship building and, and really just overall uh, relationship management. Now, do you think that that's generational? Do you think that the young people that have built, been born and raised on this kind of digital lifestyle and this kind of asynchronous conversations um, feel the same way? I think some do. Uh, I think what's missing is, and I had this conversation with a, a client of mine, it's a law firm, and we were talking about younger colleagues and the junior colleagues that are just sort of coming into the firm. And while they are used to a little bit more remote and, and perhaps uh, more digital-based work, what's missing for junior colleagues is the ability to 
be coached and mentored and guided by perhaps senior level colleagues or, or even mid-level colleagues that there's no substitute for doing that um, face-to-face. And I think it's okay to have uh, folks from a flexibility standpoint, but when it comes to um, uh, really spending time and, and showing the ropes to our next generation, there's only so much of that, in my opinion, and I'm a Generation X guy, and, and in my opinion, there's only so much of that you can do in a remote setting. Now, part of your services are executive coaching. Are you finding that executive coaching is more and more prevalent throughout the organization rather than just at the highest levels nowadays? I think it's starting to pick up speed at, at mid-tier levels. Um, uh, certainly, it's always been around for the senior most, you know, the C-suite and, and maybe one level below the C-suite. But what I'm finding is over this uh, over the last few years, it's that middle tier of of leaders that these are future officers of a company. These are future uh, major decision makers within an organization and companies that are actually investing in that level right now, they really stand to benefit over the next decade or two uh, as they prepare their leaders for bigger and better roles. Now, are you coming into organizations to help them kind of implement and set that up so that it can trickle down throughout the organization? Uh, we do, and um, uh, we have conversations, and I also collaborate with other partners for these conversations. And, uh, you know, it's funny, when we talk about this type of work, oftentimes the the phrase that's thrown around is, well, that's that's really soft skill development. And, and my biggest pushback on that is there's nothing soft about these skills. I mean, these are these are tough and difficult skills to learn around emotional intelligence and executive presence and um, learning agility and resilience. I mean, these are these are not uh, just loosey goosey terms that that we use. These are these are skills that uh, oftentimes they might even trump somebody's technical expertise if you're able to get work done because you have a high degree of emotional intelligence or perhaps you're just more savvy at dealing with executives. Now, do you think that those executives that are a little more skeptical about that feel that this is something that that budding leader should be bringing to the table on their own? Or or like, where do they think they should have gotten this kind of training? I think there's a mix of it. Um, You know, sometimes external candidates that come from other organizations that actually place a higher priority on it. uh, I think executives sometimes will expect that, you know, this is why we hired you. This is why you came from XYZ Corporation that does this very well. Um, but I do think that there's there's pretty widespread recognition right now that these are skills that do, in fact, not only need to be taught to some who've never been taught them, but reinforced to others who, who maybe they have had it in the past or maybe they have had exposure to it in the past. But like any training or development, um, it's only as good as what gets reinforced on an ongoing basis after the training is done. So now in your work, you mentioned that you have a variety of kind of offerings, advisory services, leadership development, executive coaching. What is usually the kind of the initial point of entry for you? So for the leadership development and the coaching work, it tends to be with business unit leaders, uh, tends to be with uh, the heads of HR, tends to be with um, what I would call uh, anyone that sits in the C-suite that has recognized within their organization that there's uh, there's a gap in terms of leadership or uh, or some type of executive development, 
um, types of folks that I'm dealing with tend to be presidents, CFOs, CHROs uh, in some of the larger companies. Uh, and then, of course, in the in the midsize or perhaps the private companies, uh, it tends to be more the owners or the principals of the company. Now, what are kind of some of the breadcrumbs that lead those executives to say, hey, you know what, we should be calling the Lionheart folks? Typically, what uh, what breadcrumbs I would say is, let's say, for example, you have a, a leader that's new in the role and somebody that's probably been promoted a little bit maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, or maybe it's their first time in that particular type of role. Uh, I tend to be brought in when it comes to helping leaders adjust and and really get settled into a new role. Um, I also tend to get brought in when there are situations where we want to take leadership teams or senior level leaders to a next level. Maybe there's a level of performance that has been historically good Uh, or maybe even very good, and leadership might bring me in to help get that leader to, okay, how do I take this up a notch? How do I take this up to the next level? Now, can you share a story of uh, maybe uh, one of your clients where you've had, I don't want to say the largest impact, but maybe the most rewarding for you impact that you kind of move the needle in their business? Obviously, don't name any names, but just maybe tell the backstory that the challenge they were facing and how you came in and and kind of help them get to this new level? Yeah, happy to. I, I had um, really a wonderful opportunity over the last year to get to uh, get to work with a, a medical device organization and, and, and was brought in to help a handful of their leaders to, um, and, and one in particular who just was very good on the technical side of things. I mean, nobody was going to beat this person in terms of technical acumen and and really understanding what that business was all about and the technical nuances to it. But his people skills were, um, were sometimes rough or sometimes perceived as uh, just not, uh, not as effective as he would want them to be. And so their, their head of uh, global manufacturing brought me in and said, hey, listen, you really do like this person a lot and their contribution to the company is significant. We really need to help them uh, really delegate more to their folks, really bring their, bring their teams up in terms of performance and really uh, help, help this person not just be the superhero that puts on the cape every time, but how do we amplify his, uh, his team leadership effectiveness? So over the last several months, I've had a chance to work with this particular gentleman. And uh, in our sessions, you can just tell that over time, He's starting to implement some of the ideas that we're talking about. And they're not my ideas. I'm asking, you know, any good coach will tell you that it's never about the coach's idea or the coach's uh, recommendation or consulting to that client. It's about the coach's ability to ask the right kinds of questions to draw out the solution that the person most likely already has inside of them. They just need to find it. Uh, And it's been incredibly rewarding, rewarding to see this person just sort of come into their own and uncover and unlock those solutions himself. Now, are you working primarily in a specific niche or is it kind of industry agnostic your work? I'm industry agnostic. I mean, my background uh, professionally is in the professional services organizations, uh, consulting organizations and that. So as a, 
as an industry area of expertise, that's always an area that that I'm anchored in, and I could probably provide just some industry specific nuances around that. But outside of that, the beautiful thing about coaching and and being an executive coach is many of the issues are industry agnostic when it comes to um, how people are leading teams, how people are uh, building executive presence, how they're building their leadership brands. That that tends to not have uh, leadership, um, tends to not have industry requirements around it. Now, any advice for the the budding coach out there that maybe is in an enterprise level role right now and is thinking of making the leap to being an entrepreneur, any kind of things you could share that might kind of smooth that transition? I think the biggest, uh, I think the biggest thing for folks is uh, know what you're good at, know what kind of conversations you're going to be good at. Uh, If you have particular areas of, uh, of expertise within your organization right now, you know, I was having a conversation with a, um, a budding coach who's coming out of the healthcare industry. And the comment that I made to her recently was, you have such domain expertise in this area and healthcare tends to be one of those industries that really prizes that and really values people that are coming in with healthcare experience. And, and I said, dig into that and really show people what kind of domain expertise you have and how that can, how that can benefit your client. Well, if somebody wants to learn more about your practice and maybe get on your calendar, is there a website? Absolutely. Uh, please visit me at lionheart.partners. And I'm active on LinkedIn as Ash Merchant and uh, happy, to, uh, happy to respond via email as well, ash at lionheart.partners. Good stuff, Ash. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Lee, thanks so much. It's a pleasure being with you today. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 